<laughs> you're locked on to DRM when you're not. This is Soundbites. We're running three minutes late because I need a coffee. How are you, Peter? <laughs> I'm very well. Thank you, Russell. Yourself? I am hyperactive and that's normal for me, I think. Yeah, no, well, and you've got coffee now, so you'll be stimulated and hyperactive. <laughs> well, at least something stimulates me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to well, open we, that you're one gonna, up. You're going to need a, a little bit of stimulation for tonight's show. We're talking about the end of everything. The end is nigh. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Uh, you know, when I read that first, I said the end is night. Oh. I was like, yes, I'd like the end to be night. Well, it's going to eventually get to that. It is going to get to that. So, uh, for people who don't understand what the end is nigh, please explain. It's, it's an old slogan. So, it used to be um, uh, advertised on like uh, sandwich boards and, and, and cardboard. Like So, when doomsdayers would get out on the streets to sort of say, the end is nigh, it's time to repent and... Uh, oh. That sort of thing. So that's where the saying comes from. The end is nigh. Okay. Uh, so whether it be from uh, someone who had a religious reason to tell you to repent your sins and uh, turn to the Savior or uh, someone who just literally was cray-cray. <laughs> well, there's nothing wrong with being cray-cray. Trust me on that one. <laughs> <laughs> but instead of just talking about the end, so what I've, what I've done is I've broken it down into different things. So um, we all have an expiration date. Our species will have an expiration date. Our planet. We will live forever. We possibly couldn't. We <laughs> Actually, we can't. <laughs> but Okay, why can't we? Because everything ends. Not everything. Space does not end. Everything ends. Okay, let's get into the show. So, uh, <laughs> because I could argue the space does not end. Well, you'd have to have some valid reason to argue because it. Because NASA says so. No, no, NASA doesn't say so. So you, you already started the premise wrong. NASA never said that. We don't even have a definition of space. Space is what currently occupies the... the space is forever expanding. Yeah, and that's the point. So, so space anyway, when we get to the end, I'll explain how space can come to an end. Ooh, uh, stay tuned. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Let's jump into the very first one. So, so essentially, you know, at the uh, when when we think of ourselves, so we all know that we're going to have a, an expiration day. So we're all going to pass away at some point in our lives. But what the seventh of August, twenty twenty one, is tomorrow. <laughs> okay, so I don't know who you who you're going to. Uh, assume that will be, but uh, hopefully it uh, won't come true. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then we get a phone call saying, he was right. Like, yep, cool. Okay. <laughs> awesome, thanks. <laughs> Next. Oh, what, a, what an odd prediction to make. So anyway, um, so we know that our current lifespan is about 80 years for men, 85 years for women. Unfortunately for Indigenous Australia, it's 10 years less. I was really um, surprised by that one. Yeah, so... You know, there's obviously a lot of work we still need to do there to to uh, address that inequality. Um, but when I sort of thought about my own lifespan, so I'm I'm going to my demise will come somewhere in the next thirty odd years. Don't give away your age on air. No, so my demise will come 21. in the next. Uh, yeah, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> you would, uh, what, what would you do if you were twenty one again? Oh, what would I do? Virtually everything differently. Okay. So, <laughs> Well, you Not can't that I have regrets, but, you know. Uh, regrets are fun. Hindsight has twenty twenty vision. And as my brother likes to say, and I'm sure it's a very popular saying, it's always easy to be a general after the war. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, sorry, you're... Yeah, so, um, you know, when I, when I think of my own uh, uh, lifespan, so uh, I think that uh, in 30 years' time, that'll be it. I'll hit my use-by date and it's farewell 
So long, thanks for all the fish, as Douglas Adams would say. Awesome. Um, but maybe about 80 years after that will be the, the last person to have ever actually physically known me. So we'll have a, a living memory of me. They'll pass away. So that'll be about 2130. So that would be the end of... 2130. You've already know what the day that you're going to pass no, away. Rough, rough, no, 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 that's them. So oh, okay. 80 years after I, you know, on, on average, yeah. pass away. So... So and and so that that would be the end of any sort of living memory of me and and we all have that. Not necessarily. Oh, hang on. Are you defer- referring to living memory of you, p- like one yeah, to one? Yeah, that's what living memory is. So, oh, the, so the, not so- uh, someone who's alive who remembers your existence. Oh, that's a shame because I would have thought that your YouTube, your Facebook, yeah, your. But, but even those things, a lot of those things, they're, they're only snapshots of portion of who you want the world to see. You know, and when I think of all these it's people doing these. Side duck face selfies and stuff like that uh, and I sort of think but is that really who they are or is that just what they want the world to see you know we always try to show them the, the best things when we're on holidays and imagine if the world did go to an end and I know we'll get to this a little bit later that basically let's say the only thing that survived was the photos of duck faces <laughs> or people doing duck face you imagine if the and aliens the, come to our destroyed civilization and they pull out these they go wow what sort of reason would they have evolved those duck lips to and then they turn it into the, yeah. the museum of you know, of the earth <laughs> before <laughs> us and like the the logo out the front is these duck face lips and <laughs> oh is, it, is there is aliens listening or is there are aliens listening for yeah. grandma grandma yeah. people yeah. uh please duck face us yeah <laughs> Okay. Send us your alien duck face selfies. <laughs> okay, let's move on. So beyond us, so so even though each of us has a has an expiration date, and the, the the last living memory of us has an expiration date, our species also has an expiration date. So we're not really sure. So it's either gonna, we're we're going to end uh, one of two ways. We're either going to evolve away from being Homo sapiens and we'll be replaced by another species or we will cause extinction okay so so with regards to evolution now because we are in so much control of our environment so we heat our environment we cool our environment we generally tend to have control over the majority of our environment our evolutionary process has slowed down yes so even though we are still evolving you know it's not as rapid as the days when you know we were marching through the tundra or, you know, moving around. Um, yeah. And really, we were at the um, mercy of the elements. But on top of that, we also have our own um, gen- genetic manipulation that we'll be doing. Uh, so uh, right now, we're seeing with CRISPR and some very early stages of um, changes to our genetics. But then there could be what we call transhumanism. So we might merge with technology and AI. Um, or as we... See, Elon Musk has already planned. We're going to go to Mars and start living there. So there'll be interplanetary existence. So that will actually have a huge impact on our yes, evolutionary process. But that causes an issue of oxygen. How do you make enough oxygen to survive? And what if it all fails? Well, there's water on Mars. Water will run out if we're using it. We're very good at recycling things such as oxygen and removing the carbon that we build up in it. Well, we are. Look, look at the International Space Station. We don't truck oxygen there every few days. Well, we should, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> maybe that's why they're coming back all, all 
bloated. No, that's because of a lack of <laughs> of, of of gravity. Anyway, uh, <laughs> that yes, we'll get into that another time. So as we continue to leave our current environment, um, then obviously we will have changes in our genetic makeup, or we extinguish ourselves, and that. There's plenty of ways to do that. Yeah. So, look, you know, whether it's be through nuclear war or climate change or overpopulation or an out-of-control AI um, or if nature gets sick of us and decides to, you know, uh, clear itself of the human pestilence uh, upon us. Okay, let's, let's, uh, okay, let's talk about the one that's floating around everyone's ears right now. It's the dreaded COVID-19 uh, whether you believe it's man-made, whether you believe it's not man-made, let's not go there. But it has the possibility of potentially, if we weren't able to get the vaccines into people's arms, of wiping us out eventually. Well, yeah, we, we've seen that mutate already from not being as um, virulent as it now is with the Delta strain. So yeah. um, before, if you kept 1.5 metres apart, if you... Um, you know, were less than 15 minutes in the same area as someone who was infectious, then we considered you to be fairly low risk. Now, you, you just have to walk past someone who has the Delta virus, the Delta version um, or the yeah. Delta strain um, and you could easily pick it up. There's a lot of people that don't believe that though. It's not what people believe. It's what the science, um, the evidence tells us. So, you know, I, I see all this stuff all the time. People say, well, I don't believe that. Oh, I don't believe this. And and it's, you know, I'm sort of reminded of one of my um, favorite YouTube videos is uh, Sabine Hoffsender. And she says, science and evidence don't care what you believe. You can believe anything you want, but science and evidence only reports what, yeah. what is there. Whether you like it, whether it's distasteful, whether you don't enjoy it is irrelevant. It's not about uh, appeasing an emotional state. It's about reporting what is there and what is measurable. Well, look, it, and it, it is a forever changing uh, world. Uh, I, I was reading, I know this come out a little while ago, but uh, COVID has basically changed its spike protein or is trying to change its spike protein. Yeah, so at the moment we're, we're okay, but this is, the, this is the problem. So this is the problem with um, people who are deciding not to have the vaccine who are, or, or, or are not taking any uh, steps uh, to counter it. So the more people that contract COVID, the more chances of it of mutating. Yeah. So, um, a, a, and now that we've got the Delta variant, you know, we, we wonder what, what else will come. But the, the benefit of the mRNA vaccines is that all we have to do is change the key components within it to match the new variants yep. and we can bring out another vaccine straight away. Or In yeah. theory. Well, it's not in theory. We've, we've done it. Okay. So we've done it, and we're doing it with cancer. We're doing it with HIV. We're doing it with a number of uh, viruses that have eluded us, and now we've got a much more powerful weapon in our arsenal to tackle viruses. So if that doesn't kill us, uh, and people well, none are... of that will <laughs> vaccine. In, in the, yeah. So if if COVID, well, I don't know if COVID will kill us, but it's well, certainly um, taken its toll. Put it this way: if 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 our viruses don't kill us, an atomic bomb will. Uh, yeah, look, unfortunately, you know, it's only been... Well, what's happening is is that you've in the past you've had um, governments with major research abilities and major manufacturing abilities to be able to produ produce nuclear weapons and weapons of mass destruction. But now what we're finding uh, is, is that as the time goes on, it's getting easier for some governments to develop this. 
uh, and they don't need as many resources as as we've seen within North Korea. They have yeah. very limited resources, and yet they've managed to develop these um, weapons, uh, these nuclear weapons. Yeah. And similarly, now we're seeing in the Middle East that they're developing these. So we now have these regimes that may not have you know the stability that we would like with their finger on the red button. So it yeah. could very well be a case of nuclear war uh, or, or nuclear strikes that take us out. Or from a nat- nature point of view, we could another huge asteroid might hit uh, the planet or we might get a super volcanic uh, eruption. Well, what would be really interesting is if an asteroid went and, for example, the brand new, well, not brand new, it's been down in development for a while now, China's uh, nuclear silos uh, that they <laughs> have developed... It would be interesting if an if a asteroid came and hit it, what would happen? Because well, that's where they store them. Yeah, it, asteroid asteroid strike, uh, large asteroid strikes has a, a far bigger impact than nuclear weapon strikes. Absolutely, so. but nuclear weapons and an asteroid strike, like we've seen. So you're talking about the 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 asteroid striking while the missiles are, are still in the ground. Yeah. Well, then they would just blow up in the silos if if they're protected. Yeah. Well. That yeah. I'm not sure about. I, I, I better not speculate. If, you, if you're a, 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 a person that studies, uh, what's that called? Professor. Uh, <laughs> that's the one. A uh, and, you, and you know, yes, that. thank you. And you know the answer to that question. Please contact us and let yeah, us know. Because let us I, know. I would be very interested to know because it's not just China. It's also the United States and the UK yeah. and Syria. Yeah. And I'm sure we got some here somewhere, um, maybe. I'm not quite yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm not sure. But that's national uh, I, if, if we do, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's top very secret. It's top secret, yeah. so well done, Australia. <laughs> but, you know, you do <laughs> have countries like India and Pakistan both have nuclear weapons as well. So Yeah, but that's not all that um, can kill us. It's overpopulation as well. Yeah, so I don't think we're going to get to a state of overpopulation. Is that because we released COVID? No, um, <laughs> simply because if you actually look at the majority of the developed countries where their populations are on the decline, so, yep. um, and what we find is is that, and actually this is this is something that Christopher Hitchens um, frequently says. I don't think he came up with it, but he certainly uh, says it a lot. Is when you emancipate women from these burdens of just being childbearers, and once you raise the living standard of populations, then people don't have to keep having lots and lots of children in the hope that enough will survive, um, that will be able to look after them in their old age. Uh, and and so what we find is that um, you know especially when women become more educated uh, and equality is addressed, uh, then then they're able to contribute in in many different ways rather than just being these as I said bearers of children. So uh, and and so and we've seen that in Western countries. So now what we're seeing in a lot of the um, uh, developed nations is is that you know family size is reducing because they don't need to have large numbers of children to help you know, till the soil and grow crops and, you know, to make sure that if you have 10 kids, at least five will survive, A, to help, you know, food production, yep. but also to be there in your old age. So, Absolutely. So we might peak. So some some of the estimates uh, is, is that we'll peak at about 11 billion people, which still would be manageable by us, but I think it will start to then reduce as we raise the standard of living for everybody. And and that well, standard of living want, has been... People might want kids. No one's stopping them. So oh, it, it's okay. not unusual. Um, we'll bring in that one, uh, that, that law that China had, the one child per yeah, household. One, one child Oh, policy. and it has to be a male as well, so... Yeah, yeah, gosh. 
And what was it? And then they said that it had created a whole you know, generation uh, of little, gays. Em- little little emperors. <laughs> so, you know, because they were all da- doted over. But the end of the world needs to take a break. Okay. So we're going to take a quick break and listen to a few men- uh, uh, messages and then we'll come back very soon. So we were reading about the Olympics, the, the Olympians and, and some of their behaviour. Yeah, no, they need to be end of the world. Yeah, no, they're uh, very cheeky, some so, of these yeah, Americans. If you want to know more about that, I'm sure you can read about it somewhere. Just search Australian rugby team, <laughs> uh, Japan Airline, and you'll find out what they've been up to. Oh, Good on dear. Aussies. Come on. Yeah. We, we do Look, it. If you're going to be an Aussie, be an Aussie. <laughs> oi, oi, oi. Okay. Well, if you are going to be an Aussie and you're on an aeroplane uh, listening to this podcast, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> try to remember you represent all of us, though. <laughs> yeah. Try, try to drink one beer. Yeah. Or, or wine, whatever you want to drink. Maybe yeah. just drink soda. <laughs> They should really ban alcohol on planes. Don't get me started on aeroplanes and bad behaviour. Well, there you go. There's another episode in the Yeah, in the you plan. know, honestly, we've all got to suffer the whole concept of being cramped in an airline and uh, or an uh, aircraft and no, if, no need to make it worse. What if that was the end of the world? Airlines coming crashing down to earth. Well, that would be pretty horrendous, yeah. It would be like snakes on a plane, but airlines on, oh, on a... <laughs> airlines on a planet. <laughs> <laughs> Coming soon to a theatre near you. You know, honestly, if, if uh, Elon has his way, and I actually I love this idea, so I hope he can pull it off, is, you know, with the Starship, he's planning on, like, just launching it, but letting it travel around the planet. Yeah, I don't like that idea. Why? Environmentally friendly. It has lots of rocket gas. Yeah, it sort of does. Let's 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 really think about I, it. Like, well, I understand it's higher at the atmosphere and it's letting... It up higher, but it's still in the Earth's yeah, gravity pool. I, I wonder, pool. I, I wonder I, and I, I haven't looked into this enough to be able to even provide an informed decision, um, decision or, or content, but I wonder how much fuel is expended going up because you don't need any coming down. You do, it's land. Oh, sorry, uh, but not as much, much as going up as opposed to an airline. So say, for example, from Sydney to London, oh, which will take 45 minutes, as opposed to an airliner that would take there's two takeoffs and landings yeah. and nearly 28 hours of flight. Well, we'll soon find out. So, so uh, yeah, someone, but, someone uh, will do the, the I, numbers. I just don't think it's environmentally friendly off uh, uh, thing. Plus, oh, look, I, plus, plus the wait, Starship we... uses different fuel to airliners. Yeah, I think this is a whole conversation that we could have on air on another show. On another show, maybe anyway. season three. In season coming soon. Three. <laughs> Okay, let's go back uh, onto planet Earth. And, and this, this makes me sad. I actually, I feel quite... Like, I know that one day our planet will come to an end. Yes, thanks, um, Elon. It's not Elon's fault. It's just... The <laughs> totally fact. his fault. And and uh, Jeff Bezos. And, uh, well, actually, I can't really go mad at uh, uh, Richard Branson because at least his idea doesn't evolve that far from look, having an uh, aeroplane go to 100 metres. Yeah, I'm sort of talking more about the end of the Earth as in... It is a planet, oh, rather so than its it, ability to... It exploding or imploding? Uh, more melting and being sucked into the sun. Oh, okay. Fun. <laughs> I <laughs> hope I'm around so what we're, to see what, it. <laughs> what we're going to see in about a billion years' time, so if we're both around... Uh, AI, you know, please download yeah, our brain. Yeah, yeah. So is the sun itself will enter what's called its subgiant phase. So uh, as the, um, uh, the hydrogen starts to 
run out, uh, it will start to expand outwards. So as yep. that balance between um, nuclear uh, explosion and, and pressure pushing outwards and gravity pulling inwards, um, that uh, gravity, because the mass will be reduced, there'll be less gravity, which means that its ability to hold everything together will loosen. Yeah. Uh, and that's why it will start expanding out. So as it starts to expand, it will become hotter um, on Earth. So our average temperature will be about 70 degrees centigrade or uh, 158 degrees Fahrenheit, which means that most of the animals, most of the plants, most of virtually everything will will everything die off. Will it'll be uninha uninhabitable. And then over the next million year, uh, billion years well, after that, boil. that's what will happen. So over the next billion years, all the water on the earth will boil away. What about the ones that are under the ground? It'll all... Evaporate. Yeah, it's all... It's too hot. It becomes far too hot. So this is why Elon wants to move to Mars? <laughs> yeah, well, it's interesting because what will happen... So this is where everything now starts to get confusing, and we'll start talking about that more when we talk about the end of the sun, um, is, is that uh, as the sun's gravity diminishes, its ability to hold the planets where they are starts to loosen up. So we might actually move further out in our orbit, which means we might not heat up as quickly as some of the models predict. Um, but then it'll also mean that uh, some of the other planets it become colder um, because the sun... Um, so uh, really, Elon needs... So on his shopping list, we need <laughs> oxygen makers, we need heaters... <laughs> and what else do we need? We're going to need a lot of stuff. So we're going to need another Earth, basically. So uh, Elon, what will happen? Please save us. Yeah. So um, what will happen is is that Earth's uh, environment will become very much like Venus's runaway um, climate. That's, um, that's lovely. So it Venus, will be she's got it. uninhabitable. But eventually, what will happen is is that the Sun will then become uh, a red giant, which means that its uh, circumference, so its um, surface, will actually be roughly where the Earth's uh, orbit is now. And that's going to be a sight to see if you could see it. If you could see it, it, you would see that the Earth's crust would eventually break away and melt away uh, and the actual what's remaining of the planet will be drawn in uh, to the centre of the sun, so into the Earth, uh, the sun's um, core, along with uh, Mercury and Venus. The question, how can we fix the sun? We can't. We don't. Surely we can we, fill it up. You'd have to find... It's, it's, the thing is, though, is, is that you've got to somehow get the helium... Uh, sorry, the hydrogen into uh, the core, which is not that easy to get through all the other layers of the if sun. If we can dig down to the bottom of the earth and, and drill into there, but surely... We, but we, we can't. We haven't done that. Well, uh, the on. deepest hole we've ever that dug BP, is about 14 kilometres. What about that BP uh, disaster? Yeah, but that's, that's not that deep into the... That was, that was deep down into the ocean where pressure still lives. Pressure lives at any depth. Well, that pressure. It, yeah. But, yeah, but we're still nowhere near the core. Like, if you were to look at the Earth, we've, we've, we haven't even cracked the crust yet, let alone any of the mantle or any of the other layers. I see a lot of tunnels. Yep. <laughs> a lot of those <laughs> tunnels follow the crust. They don't go down. Uh, Woodside would disagree. No. <laughs> They don't disagree. Have a look at them. <laughs> they like digging tunnels. We we already know who's So does dug Mexico. Oh, Russell. <laughs> uh, so anyway, so eventually the sun uh, will swallow us up and that'll be the end of our poor little planet Earth. And what happens to Woodside's shareholders? 
<laughs> they're gone. Well, I tell you, if Woodside hasn't invested in other mines on other planets, then yeah, they're, they're, that's it. And what happens to the Australian dollar? Does it disappear when Australia disappears? Well, <laughs> I think we've got a lot more things to worry about at that stage. Oh, uh, one that we better be somewhere else when that happens. We'll, we'll have a, have Mars Mars dollar. Yeah. So the thing is, is though, even though um, yeah, as I said before, one of the theories suggests that the um, sun's hold on us. Uh, from a gravity perspective, we might move further out. So our orbit might actually be just as far as Mars's orbit is now. Yep. So, um, But we do know that at the end of the day, the Earth will be no more. So yeah, hypothetical black dwarf with a little to no energy left and virtually invisible to the naked eye. Essentially just one massive carbon and slash oxygen rock in space. I'm looking at the sun. Oh, so you just went to the right the very end I, uh, well, and, and skipped all the things that will happen to it. Oh, okay. Let's go. Let's hang on, hang on, hang on. Let's rewind. <laughs> Thank goodness this is a podcast to get edited. I thought we were at. <laughs> okay, let's keep going. <laughs> keep going. So, so when it comes to the sun, oh. sadly, what will happen is in about four point six billion years, our sun is our sun is currently about four point six billion years old, and it's classified as a yellow dwarf. Oh, okay. It's in middle age, so it's halfway through its life. Um, and we know that based on its size and its composition. So it has an expected lifespan of about 10 billion years. Oh, that's plenty of time. It is plenty of time, but it eventually will run out. Ikea, start making the sun. So, yeah, the, the flat pack on that would be... You wouldn't want to be missing one of the, the screws or the Allen key to put it all together. <laughs> so, so sadly, as we know, the sun is powered by a... Um, powered uh, by solar power. <laughs> Well, yeah, it's, it's solar powered. <laughs> it is the creator of solar power. So it's it's a hydrogen furnace that is converting uh, hydrogen to helium. That's that nuclear process that's going on. Um, and Can't we make that in, on Earth? Yeah, but we're, we're talking about massive quantities, you know, so it's it's not... Okay, I get that, that we're making... So my thinking is, since you said that we have to get it to the core, I thought the sun didn't have a core. I thought the sun was hollow, like you could... If if you could create something that uh, could survive the sun's temperature, you could go straight through the middle of it in a ship. No. Oh, I thought, <laughs> I thought the sun wasn't a planet. Well, it's not a planet. So that means it's hollow. A well, planet has a solid rock. No. Well, that's how I learned. Our gas giants don't have solid cores. Don't they? No. So you can go, which, hang on, which one's a gas one? So Jupiter, Jupiter. Saturn, Neptune and Jupiter. Uranus. So we could not land on Jupiter. Well, there's nothing to land on because as you get closer to the core, um, the pressures are so great that you would just be destroyed. So whilst there is no, as much as we know, as, as far as we know, there is no actual solid matter in there, but everything is so densely compressed. So we need to create a densely compressed rocket and fly that rocket to densely compressed planet. To do what? To see whether it densely compresses anymore. It'll, it'll get crushed under the pressure. Well, this is where and we And if need it to doesn't get crushed, it'll burn up because of the high temperatures un- in that pressure. See, uh, and gravity. See, this is why I'm not Elon Musk, okay? Yeah, that's okay. You Look, you're good at what you're good at. So are you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good at making people laugh. Um, okay, so... That's, that's questionable. Good, uh, out for debate. Um, okay. So anyway, so as as we run out of hydrogen, so as the sun runs out of hydrogen, so that and that's what that whole balancing act is between the um, the nuclear furnace, so everything being radiated out, 
and gravity pulling everything together. So that's why we get that um, sphere and we also get that gravitational pull. Um, we love a gravitational pull, don't yeah, we? So, and, that, and that's what also holds all the planets in orbit and stuff like that. Absolutely. So, but so as this, as so as the um, hydrogen runs out and uh, it's converted into helium, that mass is reduced, and that's and when you get less mass, you get less gravity, and that then means the sun begins to expand out. So this is where the sun enters that subgiant phase. So that's when it's softer. <laughs> No, no, uh, uh, there's a well, reason well, for my madness here. Actually, yeah. So if you want to think of it that way, um, although it's not... Because uh, uh, the gravity pull would be, be reduced, which means getting to its core would be easier, maybe. Well, no, it's not. Like The, the, the core is so hot. Um, and, 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 and it also has... But surely it cools down over time as it gets bigger and bigger and well, bigger because it can't expel... Well, no, that, that's later. So, so that, that's going to come later. Okay. Well, uh, when we get to that stage, tell me so I yeah. can give you my idea so, to save the, the sun. So, so well, <laughs> I've got. Oh, oh, this this will definitely work. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, because if you imagine it now, so what's going to happen is as um, that hydrogen turns is converted into helium. So hydrogen has a less of an, a, a, an igniting temperature or, or a nuclear furnace reactive. Uh, um, temperature, yep. but helium has a much higher one. So what will happen is, is that that's where you'll start to get that uh, cooling off. But then we're going to get this this event. Um, so what will happen is, is that uh, when when the the core shrinks, so um, and it uh, expands and then shrinks again, it will shrink again because what happens is, is that we're going to get this explosion or this explosion event of a helium flash because the helium will um, ignite. And that will create a second uh, reaction and furnace. So we'll have all this new energy coming out of it. But that fusion won't last forever. In fact, that will only last for a few million years. And that will then turn, that helium will then eventually become a carbon and oxygen core. Um, and so this is when the Earth will enter its um, giant, uh, red giant phase. So it will expand completely out. Um, but it won't be able to hold on to that forever. And what will happen is, is that, that, eventually will uh, fly apart. So that surface area, that, that, that um, uh, outer ring of the, of the sun will actually just evaporate out. And we see that in like supernova and, and uh, nebula and all that sort of stuff, even though they're different things. Uh, so what will happen then is, is that all that will be left is the core, which will be a white dwarf. Now these burn for trillions of years. So that how hot are they? They're not very hot. So for us to say, for example, get the um, could we dig in it? Could <laughs> we put a pole in it? It's still. I mean, it's look. It's not. You can't. It's not room temperature hot. It's still extremely hot. Okay. And and don't forget, there's a lot of radiation coming from it. But we've got a lot of people that are brilliant minds that can come up with a tool to figure out how to get something to fill it up. We fill up the sun. Yeah, let's let's go with that. So what will happen then? So if to, to Say, for example, get Earth-like temperature. Sorry, your phone must have been vibrating. Um, uh, you would have to be 75 times closer to uh, the white dwarf sun than what we are now. So, How big would the white dwarf be? I'm not 100% sure. Uh, that I'm not sure about Okay, I'll Google that. So, so that, but then eventually what will happen is even all that power will run out, all that energy or that uh, nuclear reaction will run out. And so that... Um, white dwarf will eventually become what's called a uh, black dwarf. But because white dwarfs go for trillions of years and the universe hasn't been around for that long, 
Um, we've never actually seen one. So this is a, uh, a theoretical um, black dwarf. And when that happens, our sun itself will be nothing but a empty rock floating in space. Well, I was trying to find the... Uh, so according to Google, uh, what size will the sun be as a white dwarf? A low or medium mass star with mass less than about eight times the mass of our sun. Does that make any sense? So okay. our sun at the moment and eight times that. Less than that. Eight times the mass of the sun, according to Google. Can only, and that's by NASA.gov. So if you want to read about it, go check it out. But how do we create a sun? If the sun's the problem and we need to destroy the sun quickly to re- replace the sun, so... My thinking is we have a very cooling vacuum cleaner and we vacuum the sun up and we push another sun in there, a man-made sun. Uh-huh. Surely that would work, as long as it matched the gravity and all that kind of other stuff. Surely there might be a little upset balance because you have to get rid of one and push the other one in, but... Making a sun. Making a sun. Right. Um, I don't know if it's possible. We make... I think that's going to fall into the it's not possible basket. Yet. <laughs> We are trying to, this is completely off topic, we are trying to create with the um, fusion reactors. Yes. So we've got two different designs. So there's the Tokamak design and there's the Stellarator design. You're talking about the big tunnels under the countries that collide energies together and no, they create the, a black hole? Yeah, no, that that's um, uh, the Super Hadron Collider. Oh, okay, uh, different. So these are, th- th- these are literally creating um, sunlight temperatures um, to generate electricity. Uh, based on this constant uh, ign- ignition of uh, particles that then just keep spewing out power. So Much like the, the core of the sun. There you go. We, we've got the technology. We just need to upscale. Well, we don't really have the technology. So so we're, we're working on it. Um, and and those two primary designs, so the Tokamak design and the Stellarator design. Um, Coming soon to a warehouse near you. Well, <laughs> they always say the joke with the fusion, a uh, fission, fusion, fusion. Uh, yes. Uh, is is that it's always twenty years away. So, well, uh, it's always twenty years too early or too late. Yeah. So okay. So we are running out of time, but let's keep going. So uh, eventually, what will happen is is our our own solar system will, will has its own end date as well. Oh, everything has an end date. Everything has an end date. Everything is coming to an end. So I'm just I'm just waiting for you to say that 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 the universe has an end date too. It does. Um, What's after the universe? Is nothing. There, there will be nothing. There will be nothing. Nothing. Then God did... Uh, uh, sorry. Whoever created this experiment better get their money's worth. Why did it have to be created and... Well, they say there was a big bang. It wasn't just luck that made the big bang. We should really do an episode about the big bang. No, we've, we've chatted about this before. Um, <laughs> but we're not really sure why the uh, universe spontaneously came It's because being. Queen Latifah went... Okay, so... What will happen is, is as the sun goes into its giant red phase, as we spoke about before, so we've got our outer planets, which is the um, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, and Neptune, and all their moons. Did you say Uranus? I thought Uranus. It's, I thought it was Uranus. You can pronounce it any way you like. The correct way is Uranus. So, okay. um, so as, as the sun um, expands out... Uh, during that phase, all the moons and the planets will heat up. So planets like Europa, which is an icy moon, sorry, moons like Europa, um, they will start to thaw out. So, But what will happen is, is as the sun loses its gravitational field uh, and its gravitational pull, the bigger planets such as Jupiter, which is the biggest in our uh, solar system, that will... that 
the gravitational pull of Jupiter will have um, uh, more of an effect on all the other planets. And what this will do, it will cause um, their orbits to start to become a little unstable, or w we refer to it as perturbations in their orbit. So what will eventually happen is, is that as the planets start losing their um, fixed orbits and as the moons start losing their fixed orbits and the asteroids start losing their fixed orbits, we could potentially see a number of collisions. Um, and what will then happen is that will also then have spin uh, spillover effects onto all the other uh, orbiting bodies. And so what we might end up with, um, some of the models are suggesting, is nothing but great big dust clouds surrounding what's left of the sun. Yep. So it's, it's almost like going back to the very beginning of how the solar system was created. Uh, it was created by all these gas clouds that were... Um, uh, orbiting the sun yep. and then turned into planets, whereas now it's gone back the other way. So, And, and that will happen uh, eventually and we will say goodbye to our solar system. I want to quickly talk about something uh, sun-related. We're yep. talking about uh, that NASA has discovered Earth's closest twin orbiting another sun-like star, Kepler, Kepler, Kepler. Kepler. 452b, uh, is the first of those 12 to be confirmed as a true planet, thanks to ground observations. Uh, so they, there's a sun out there that we could steal. Well, it just, it'd be a lot easier for us to just go there, um, eventually. But how long would we last there? If, if the sun's going to eat up the whole universe, which also includes solar systems. Ah, see, now that's a very good question, because our sun is one of the youngest compared to those. Remember, we're on, if you think of our galaxy. So hang on, this sun's going to go blow, go blow first. It, well, I don't know how old the Kepler um, sun is, um, but if you think of our spiral arm galaxy, we're on one of the trailing ends of one of the arms, So, which means that we were one of the last to be formed. So all the ones towards the centre of the galaxy are uh, older than us. Well, I'm just trying to find the age of Kepler's sun. So Kepler 452 is a G star, G grade star, that is approximately 104% the mass and of, sorry, 104% of the mass of and 111% the radius of the sun. It has a temperature of 5,757K and is roughly 6 billion years old. In comparison, the sun is about 4.6 billion years old and has a temperature of 5,778K. Is that hot? Boil a kettle with that. So in other words, you're not going to be living on, on Kepler. You're not going to be living on the sun. Or, or, or Kepler. A, well, you could on, the, on one of the planets. So I think there were seven planets in the Kepler system. Twelve. Oh, twelve. There you go. There you go. Okay. Well, but is that sun younger than ours or older than ours? Well, 6.5 billion is older than 4. 4.6 4. 4. Uh, billion Kepler sun is, so we're older. I thought you said six. No, 4.6 billion. Oh, okay. So, uh, yeah, I don't know where it is in the Milky Way. Um, well, we'll, we'll, we'll Google that and we'll find out if Elon go. can give us a lift there. No, it's a bit too far for a good old starship to get there. At the moment. At the moment. So we you never know what will happen. Have we sent a probe there? No, it's too far. We haven't sent oh, anything beyond. I thought we had um, that probe. Uh, Mercury, uh, uh, Mariner, no, sorry. Uh, Voyager and um, Pioneer. Yeah, well, sure, surely they can send one of them over. So anyway, the Milky Way galaxy also has... A, a lifespan. A lifespan. That's it has a use-by date. You know, the Milky Way is just too good to be not eaten. That's right. <laughs> so we're part of the local group of galaxies, which is part of the Virgo cluster. Uh, and our neighbouring galaxy, which is Andromeda, 
It's 2.5 million oh, such light a years away. name. I know. And you know what? It loves us so much, it's heading our way. Oh, lovely. So, Just like a good drag queen does. Yeah, so... With the drinks. Oh, the, sorry, with the, the, the bill for the drinks. The drinks, yeah. <laughs> but they consumed. Yes. <laughs> and before I get hate from drag queens, go and look up Sleeker Camp on YouTube. You'll there find you it. There you go. <laughs> um, so, even though we think that when our two galaxies collide, uh, there's plenty of space between both of us. So, there won't be lots of uh, individual collisions of oh, planets damn, and I'd, suns. I don't want to play bumper cars. Well, it could happen. There might, there will be some, but not as many. Imagine what will Mars happen. got hit. I think we've got a lot of other problems to deal with if that, in, by the time this happens. So, okay. uh, this is all going to happen in about 150 billion years' time. Um, 150 billion years' time? Wow. It's a long, long time. Well, you know, it's a blink of an eye in a in the galaxies. In the galaxies, uh, yeah. you know, it's a shame. Time that it's a shame that the Milky Way has got a use by date because it is so tasty. So, so unimaginatively, they've called this new galaxy of us merging with uh, Andromeda called Milkdromeda. <laughs> That's it's what like happens that, when Andromeda drinks drinks some milk. Yeah, but you know they sort of went Milky Way Andromeda. What should we call it once? Well, they, they couldn't they couldn't say Andromeda Way. Please welcome to the stage, Andromeda Way. <laughs> you know, it was, it was just I just thought you could. At least, at least. It was an opportunity for them to come up with something. You know, what's they call Andromeda milk or milk Andromeda milk Andromeda. Please welcome to the stage, milk Andromeda. Yeah, so no, I don't like that name. No, I don't. That's like definitely it not a drag queen name. So, but anyway, uh, sorry, that, that 150 billion years time frame uh, is when all the uh, galaxies in the local class, local um, cluster may merge with Milk Drama. So that means that we can mine every single one and not have to travel so far. Maybe. Why go to them? Let's wait for them to come to us. That's how NASA thinks sometimes. You know, sometimes you just have to be a little patient. And what is it? Uh, all comes to they think, who wait. Just think about it. What does what do all of the NASA launches and even Elon Musk do, they wait for the closest time Mars is close to us to fly their ships to them. Every couple of years. So, uh, good on you. But anyway, we should really... It sounds like Elon Musk is now God. Let's be honest. Everyone's talking you, about him. If you, have, if you have very low expectations of a supernatural of a deity. Yeah. yeah so, if all right. Okay, so... And we come to the end of everything. The end of the universe. And we've only got eight minutes left, so if so, we go over, we go over. Oh, uh, we should be able to wrap it up in eight minutes. So <laughs> that's what she said. <laughs> G-rated, it's a G-rated show. Hey, it was the, it was a drama. <laughs> so, so one of the things that we know is that the universe is expanding, yes. and sadly, the other thing that we know is that the rate of expansion is increasing. And we're That's not good. we're not sure why well, why is it good? Because it's just putting on a few pounds over winter, okay? And then come summer it will snap back into into place. <laughs> summer bodies are made in winter. <laughs> And winter bodies are made no, in summer. Yeah, well, I don't think that's working the way you think it does. So, no, but I'm just exp- imagining the the universe as a as a fit man just going for a gym walk and then realize, oh, hang on, I can watch a TV show. So nibble, nibble, nibble on some on some chips. Are you anthropomorphizing the universe? It's, it's getting some bigger and bigger and bigger. And then one day Mars goes to it. Uh, the other neighbors are talking about your weight. And then mate, then the universe goes, oh, I better go to Jenny Craig. <laughs> So anyway, Einstein came up with the concept or theory of dark energy, uh, but Ooh. he referred to it as a constellogical con- constant. Sounds very magical. Um, well, the reason why is because for this expansion to keep 
accelerating, there has to be something powering that accelerating force. No, our sun isn't powerful enough to do that. That's where we get the concept of dark energy. But he actually didn't really like that. He didn't like this concept. So, and, and in fact, even though he um, couldn't find another reason for it, what he did is he he retracted the comment. He said, "No, I I don't like it. I don't want to um, uh, support it." Yeah. And he even. Um, referred to it as a blunder. He said, no, I, I'd take it away. But as much as our current oh, physicists... Yeah, unfortunately, as much as our current physicists sort of said, well, there is no other explanation. And the reason why we call it dark energy is because we've never actually um, identified it. We've, we've never actually found it. So we've... We it's like light energy. We haven't found that either. The, the whole electromagnetic force. You, that's light look, spectrum. No, but that's also energy. It's a particle and it's an... Okay, it's fine. We haven't found red, red energy. <laughs> Surely we found dark energy. Surely it's well, the, yeah, no. the part that we can't see. No, but that's where we refer to it through indirect observations rather than direct observations. So whilst I look at something and I can go, I can see that so I can measure it and I can make an assessment of it. Invisible we, we, energy. we only infer dark energy based on we see an effect, but we're not sure what is the actual driver or the cause of that effect. Well, we should have just called it self-driving energy. We can't ignore the evidence of the expansion of the universe. And so, therefore, we, we have can't. to speculate that there will be one of three potential. Now, these are the, the, these are the three most common theories. So, there are other theories, but these are the most common. So, what will happen? So, the first end of the universe is called the Big Rip. So, since the Big Bang and the universe has been expanding, we can see that the space between the galaxies continues to get bigger as the galaxies move further and further apart. Yeah. This also means that the space between the galaxies is expanding as well. Totally. So, and this is, goes back to the comment about space is everywhere. Well, actually, space is where we see it. So, we, we know that there's a boundary to it. So, usually the gravity within a galaxy is strong enough to hold it together. Yeah. So, but uh, with the, the big rip, um, what, what is happening is as things aren't just moving away, but they're moving away faster and faster, which means yeah. uh, they're going to get to a point uh, where that acceleration um, exceeds the speed of light. Okay. So that's um. That's okay. You keep hitting that, hitting the 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 pole. I keep hitting. We're gonna the have pole. we're gonna have to adjust these microphones next week because I I just realised things are things. If you're listening to the podcast, we apologise about the sound. Um, <laughs> I've just realised that every time you turn your yeah, head, I, I, it's, yeah, it's it's so I'll I'll fix that next week. So the big rips uh, scenario. So, so as the speed keeps growing. Um, its force will exceed or overcome the other fundamental forces of physics, such as gravity and the strong and weak yeah, force. Totally um, understand that. So this is the beginning of what we call uh, the big rip. So this is where the structures of themselves are starting to be torn apart, such as we galaxies. Can fix this. So we how? <laughs> well, we take it to a surgeon and they put stitches in it. They can try. So we just um, have to get. They're going to have to get some really big sutures. Well, no, they're going to have to go seven trillion light years across. Yes. So that's a long way, and I don't know how we're getting them there. I don't know yet. In a blink. Folding space. That's how we're doing time travel, isn't it? Or, or or the other thing that we were dreaming about ever since that movie about time travel, uh, Back to the Future. People say that you can create a fold in a time. Wormhole. And create a wormhole and be, yeah. be tra- like travel from this part to this part of Earth through space. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. But they haven't got it right because rats keep dying. There has been a demonstration with rats. Didn't work. Different topic. We'll we'll talk about that 
off air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's actually quite an interesting topic, actually. I, well, no, the the concept of you know folding space and creating wormholes is is, is fascinating. Um, so anyway, so what will happen is, is that as the as these structures get torn apart, so suns, planets. Um, all these things will get torn apart because the forces that hold them together can't keep up with the accelerating expansion. And that's what we, talk, we mean by the big rip. So, so you, really wanna want, you don't want to be on the edge of this rip. Well, we, 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 it, that also will affect us. I see, I told you we should have so. we went to the centre. Because we're made of all these particles and, and Well, we and are elements. oxygen and water. And, uh, and other things. And, and a few other little things. Um so, but even black holes, they will also be torn apart and ripped apart by this this great. Oh, not the black holes! All the black holes, everything's going to get ripped to pieces. But that also includes the things that atoms that um, currently are being held together by um, uh, physical forces. Um, they also will be torn apart. So eventually, there'll be nothing left but you know particles f- flying through the universe. But because the expansion of the universe will just keep happening, these particles will virtually never interact with each other, uh, and therefore that would then be the way the uh, the universe ends in you the big rip model. You know what's really interesting? I just googled um, when will the universe end. Now I don't know if you have an answer to this one, but according to Wired.co.uk, which I highly think that they have something wrong here, uh, they go many theoretical physio- physiologists. Physios, that's, physicists. That's the one. Uh, believe the universe could end between 2.8 billion and, guess the next figure. What would it be in the trillions? No, it's still in the billions. Oh, it's in, no, okay. What do they think? 22 billion. So there's a big gap in between that. Like, they couldn't get it down neater? Well, the thing is, is we don't know exactly how much dark energy there is out there. Well, maybe there is unlimited dark energy. Maybe dark energy never ends. Yeah, but. I know everything has to end, but maybe this dark energy, because we don't know what it is, is all but powerful. Maybe it's hypothetically. Yeah, but, yeah, but there's, there's a difference between speculating and actually investigating. Hey, I'm not a scientist. All no, I, what? <laughs> what? Yeah, I bet that's news to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> People around the world are falling off their chairs to that news. All I'm saying is if we don't know what dark energy is, how do we know that that's not... Like a god or something. If if religion is true, that's what I'm going to say. I have no <laughs> idea where to begin with all that. My brain has just like hit a divide by zero at <laughs> all the counter arguments, the the volume, the waterfall of counter arguments flooding into my head. Oh. Uh, okay, that, well, just what if it's Harry Potter? That waterfall didn't just magically just stop. Then it's still flooding. You can't use fantasy to hope and speculate on what could well, happen. I'm just saying, if the sun's powerful, then surely there's something powerfuler than the sun. Yeah. Well, th- yeah, there are there are the big suns. There's supermassive black holes. There's all sorts of things that and are more it, powerful. It, but see, everything must have a yin and a yang. I don't know where I'm going with this. Keeps. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want some hole. I can't get out. Yeah. Well, <laughs> And that's never <laughs> happened before. So the next, the next oh. leading theory of what might happen is what's called the big three freeze or heat death. So this is where the... Can we pick one and just like take that one? You can, but let me explain them first and then you decide which one you want to go okay. with. So um, this is where the universe's expansion continues and all matter will go from a position of low entropy. So think of entropy as a measure of order. So low entropy means something is very ordered. Okay, thanks for giving me a math lesson today. Not maths. Um, 
to a position of high entropy or disorder. Uh, in other words, like a ruler from zero to 30, with zero being low and 30 being high, and pick a scale. Think more of an object that is put together like a jigsaw. Okay. So when it's complete and all in its actual order yep. uh, and in its form, that's uh, low entropy. And when it's been pulled apart and all into its various pieces, that's high entropy or disorder. Okay, and if you need more information than that, please go and search Google. Yeah. Russell doesn't know what it is. So, we actually even mentioned entropy in a previous I'm episode. Sure we did. I don't <laughs> think you even listened to our other episodes. No, I edit them. No, well, you should listen to it. You should be a big fan. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm always spinning around. <laughs> no, that's just your moral compass, spinning around. Oh, it's the, it's um, the sun's geothermus thing doing it to me. <laughs> so, essentially, okay. so, so essentially, entropy is the breaking down of something from a, a high level of organisation to a low level sure. of organisation. And this also applies to energy. So if you think of like a, a cup of tea or coffee, uh, low entropy is when it's hot and high entropy is when it's Cool down and cold. Prefer it hot. So you prefer it to be of a low entropy state. Yeah, but I don't think I'll really anyway. survive. Anyway. <laughs> I really don't think I'll survive Earth if it's burning like a Christmas fire bush thing. So entropy will <laughs> collapse. Um, will, the collapse of all the stars in the uh, galaxy and also in the entire universe. So simple structures like black holes, they will eventually run out of um, things to swallow because... Everything will have fallen apart. But also due to escaping radiation from black yes. holes, they too will eventually evaporate over trillions of years. So they won't uh, exist. And even every photon and light particle will be, um, that will be left, they too will suffer the effects of entropy um, and will decay. And at this point, there'll be no more activity left in the universe. So the entropy has reached its maximum state and the universe will be dead forever. But... But 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 some uh, physicists believe that actually that might not be the end. So there could be a little light at the end of the tunnel, so to speak. Yep. And that tunnel is called quantum tunneling. So they believe that due to the effect of quantum tunneling, there might actually be uh, a spontaneous entropy uh, decrease leading to a new big bang and the cycle starts all over again. Wow. So... We could, we, we might, well, the universe might, we won't, but the universe might have a second go. And actually some of them believe that this is the actual natural uh, cycle of the universe. It goes from Big Bang, it expands out, it gets to a point where it's just too much, it collapses or uh, the entropy. And then it starts again. Yeah, and then it collapses and starts all over again. Cool. So then the final one. So this is the, the third leading theory. This of is the one I like. The big crunch uh, and big bounce. This is this is so much Jenny it's Jenny Craigging. I don't know anything more. It's like getting an elastic band and just you know when you stretch it so far and then all of a sudden it let goes and snaps back at you. Oh dear! We no. call it the snap. Oh, I don't like that. But I don't know if that's got anything to do with the big crunch and the big bang. Let's well, find it out. It sounds like the big bounce. Well, it certainly does sound like the big bounce. Sorry, not big bang, big bounce. So going back to the beginning of where we looked at dark energy powering the ongoing expansion of the universe. Um, could be that maybe there isn't as much dark energy as we think there is. So we might get to the point where that expansion, um, as opposed to the big rip where that expansion just keeps going and going and going, um, that dark energy just runs out and all of a sudden gravity retakes control and starts pulling everything back together. 
But that would then mean that eventually everything would start colliding, which is where the big crunch comes from. So in that uh, collision, um, we would see the destruction of virtually everything because what would happen is as everything gets closer and closer together, the temperature or the, the uh, amount of radiation will increase yeah. as the space between everything decreases. So as everything gets closer, the radiation gets more, uh, and that will eventually... Um, uh, Basically, it will rip everything apart into one big supermassive black hole, uh, which will consume em everything. Um, and that supermassive, uh, well, there might be several of those, and they too will then come together, creating a supermassive mega black hole. <laughs> i got to love physicists for yeah. the way they come up with some of these names. And that will devour everything in the universe. But sadly, because it's so big, not only will it devour everything in the universe, but it will also devour itself. So that's a shame. Yeah, and so that's where the big bounce theory states that um, they believe that when it devours itself, that will then trigger uh, the next big bang. big bang. So, so two of our theories lead to the possibility we may of version three point oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, we don't know how many times this has happened. Well, this is the thing. Like, I just yeah, maybe it's it's a simulation trying to get it right. You know, it could be, we all could be inside a big simulation sitting on some aliens. ANZ, uh, not ANZ, AWS servers. Yeah, somewhere, somewhere yeah. in the universe. Well, so. it's, it's feeling like that sometimes. So, yeah, so those are the three main theories of the end of the universe. Um, at this stage, we think that heat death is the most likely outcome, but we're not really sure. Um, but, yeah, when it comes to it, the big crunch and big bounce is probably the best of a bad options for the end of everything. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, that brings us to the end of the, uh, this episode and uh, also the end of uh, season, two. season two of DRM1's uh, Sound Bites. And Peter, it's been a pleasure to have you for season two. Thank you. It's been a pleasure to have me for season two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for you to say it. You're like, nope. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> really, we couldn't really care about you, Russell. No, don't uh, say that. <laughs> Anyway, uh, there is no Fetish World podcast tonight if you're listening oh. live on air because uh, they are in that hibernation. <laughs> the, 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 the Fetish crew are oh. doing some work on their show and we'll be back very shortly with a brand new show of some sort. We just don't know what yet. Um, so stick around and stay tuned for that. But don't forget, you can download our app on DRM1's Facebook page. Yeah. Oh, sorry, DRM1's. You can download our app on the Google Play Store, Apple App Store, or you can check out our brand new website, drm1.com.au. Click on Shows, click on Sound Bites, and then you can go to your heart's content. Yeah. We've made it like Netflix now, where you can choose the season even. Oh, that's great. And it's the website looks great. Well, so thank you. So I highly encourage everyone to check it out. Russell least, has done an amazing job. At least that's one skill I have. You have many skills. Just that's the good one. That I hate doing. <laughs> you have many skills. Is this, that's actually a really interesting topic that maybe we might talk about in, in season three. Season three. And anybody, if you want something work in particular ethic. in season three, let us know. If you want work to be ethic. a guest star in season three, let us know. Yes, if you have a topic, let us know, please, because we are running out of topics. No, I've got quite a heap. Do you? Yeah. I haven't even come up with one topic, I don't think. <laughs> no, no. It's all being yeah, Peter's, I, Peter's I'm brain. I'm lucky. I get to make that all up. <laughs> he gets to choose this whole show. He just has to put up with me being a clown. Um, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna um, launch season three with Friday the thirteenth. <laughs> it's going to be a crazy one. We should actually just do a horror theme for that 
Yeah, whole... I'm, th- I'm thinking maybe, you know, need... some of the best ghost stories. Yeah, I'm, I'm really thinking that a season needs to be about a theme. Because I think the theme could go Really? On. Oh, gosh. Could you imagine that if we just focus on Friday the 13th and then horror, then... Thrillers, we'd we'd then. have to shorten the seasons <laughs> down. <laughs> well, this has been a long season. Anyway, it's been a pleasure to have you all. And thank you for supporting the station and thank you for supporting the show. I will see you on Monday on the Fresh 7 at 7 on DRM1 at 7 a.m. And, Peter, you'll be back on Friday at uh, 6 p.m. 6 p.m. Until next week. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.